<clears throat> Yo, the ancient Texan. This is about the illusion of power. And I'm thinking about Russia and the U.S. and NATO. I talked before about, you know, the current system is based on mad, mutually uh, assured destruction or something like that. Like we both have enough nuclear weapons to kill everybody, so, you know, nobody will start something. Because if you mess with the big boys, they can wipe you out. And even if you can wipe them out, they can wipe you out at the same time. But what happens when um, someone doesn't play by those rules? Russia has a military probably not as extensive as ours, as big as ours, but in a confined space of a place like Ukraine, even though it's a pretty big country. Uh, you can only put so many troops in there and you only have so much support from air and and it's right next to, you know, Russia, so they don't have the same logistics problem. So it's not clear that the U.S. could beat Russia or NATO could beat Russia and Ukraine. Certainly not without huge losses. And what if he doesn't play by the rules and he just, he has nuclear weapons that can be used on the battlefield that kind of just wipe out a, you know, circle of, you know, 10 miles of people. That's not as radiation intensive, just blast intensive. Not an expert on that, but what if the guy that you're playing doesn't care if there's radiation damage? He's going to raise the stakes. And so we're going to put sanctions on him. Well, Russia's been positioning themselves since we used sanctions on them a lot over the last five to ten years. They've been making deals with China, and they're not using the U.S. currency. They're using um, China currency. So... It didn't even have to go through our banking systems. It can go through the Chinese and Russia banking systems. And U.S. is afraid to cut China, to cut Russia off from our Western banks and the Western financial system because we'll just push them quicker into the arms of China. And China and Russia will have to accelerate their departure from the U.S. dollar. So we don't want to push them too far. And then there's that old sticky need that we need. Uh, Europe needs natural gas from Russia. And it's not at all clear that we can fill in that gap. Japan and a few other countries have diverted the shipment of liquid natural gas from America to Europe. But it's not a long-term plan. It's just a short gap. Probably not short enough, long enough 
get us through this winter. So, how exactly are we going to affect them with sanctions? Okay. We've got this bad guy, Putin, that's willing to break the rules. They've kind of got a little side deal going with China. And China... Uh, It's got a huge economy that dwarfs Russia's economy, but Russia right now has a more sophisticated military, more nuclear weapons, more uh, intercontinental ballistic, ballistics, um, more submarines that are just generally more capable on the battlefield. And long term, China is going to outgrow Russia, and the long term is not very long term, five to ten years. Uh, they won't need Russia. But right now, Russia, militarily, plus China, is both the combined economies are bigger than us, and the military strength is probably bigger than us and more capable. So... We've had this way of doing things since World War II where we're kind of in control of the world. I've learned a long time ago not to go against the big trends. The big trends don't care what you think. And the big trend is China is going to grow past the U.S. and be a bigger economy. Whether that's five years or ten years or two years, I don't think it matters. That's the direction things are going. Uh, Russia uh, has a declining population. China has that too, so it's not a, you know, they gotta do some, you know, adapting. But China with a billion people, and if they only go down to 750, with a 750 million, they've still got a lot of people and a lot of capabilities. And they're stumbling a little bit right now, but they're not going away. They're going to work it out, and they're going to be a powerful economic force. And they're going to be more powerful and bigger than the U.S. And the U.S. is going to be number two economy. And... With India coming along, eventually the U.S. will be number three. And you can say that, you know, several spots around the world as the U.S. economy is going to decline. Our military position uh, is not going to be as relatively capable. And we're not going to be able to control the whole world. And we're seeing that starting to happen right now. Um, we're butchering the hell out of our currency with spending so much more money uh, than we have. And people are floating us because we have the world currency. But that doesn't necessarily have to continue either. Uh, and at some point we'll hit a breaking point that people will choose to go with other currencies. Maybe even crypto has a role in there. So 
there's these big major trends going on where the U.S. is declining in relative strength compared to China, uh, India. Same things happened. <clears throat> Russia, Russia is gonna is gonna go move down the pecking order even faster than us. Uh, they have an economy that doesn't have a lot of people, has a lot of area, has a lot of natural resources. They're going to have the Arctic open up um, so they can do their shipping lanes will be greatly improved. That makes a huge difference. But we're holding on to the way things were, both economically, however, with a currency that's going downhill, with a military that will eventually be outspent by the Chinese, and with a position in the world of respect where we can get a lot of people to follow us. All those things are kind of slipping and moving through our hands. And we're still holding on to this illusion of power. And I think you're going to see it play out with Russia. Um, we don't actually have that much power. If Russia decides to invade, you, um, I'm not sure we can do much about it. I'm not sure we can really hurt them. They've got things kind of set up with China as a stopgap measure. And they've got cyber capabilities that we haven't even mentioned to give us a hard time. Um, we actually can't control what Russia does. We are not capable of controlling what Russia does. We are not capable of making them do what we want to do. It's an illusion. It's an illusion of power. Power we used to have. We used to be able to do it. But we're right on a world that's changing. And our relative position is declining. Our currency, economics, and military power. Kind of want to say we're going down the tube, but I don't necessarily think that's true. But I think our relative position to be able to control the whole world um, is coming to the end. And you're seeing us kind of at the crossover point. And Russia's the one that's pushing the envelope right now, but there's going to be a lot more people pushing the envelope. And we're going to have to transition to a country that's strong and capable but not capable enough to control what happens in the whole world. We're going to have to stay at home in our neighborhood, maybe with, you know, our buddies like Mexico and Canada and maybe a few more buddies in South America, kind of in our little region, and take care of our part of the world and be strong enough that nobody messes with us, but give up the illusion that we can control what's happening in Europe and Africa and Asia. Because I don't think it's actually going to go so good for us if we don't recognize that. And I also think we have to start 
worrying about our currency and not spending trillions more dollars than we have, except the fact that we're probably going to lose control of the world currency. And we're going to have to balance our own books, not depend on the rest of the world to balance our books. At some point, the rest of the world's got to get tired of loaning us money. Yeah. They say, oh, it's not going to happen. Well, when things don't make sense and the big trends are going the wrong way, I think, you know, just because that's the way it's been doesn't mean that that projects the future. When it stops making sense for enough people that they're not going to keep funding us, um, they're going to stop doing it. I think Russia may be the first one to take the jump. China may take the jump. China wants to be the world currency. Not quite there yet. They don't have the banking system and the system of laws in place. But it's it's going that way. And there's a lot of reason to, you know, not enough reason yet to move to China uh, currency-wise. But we're giving the world a lot of reasons to move away from us. This whole currency and inflation thing, yeah, there's a lot of factors in that supply chain and shortages and people buying a lot more. But I don't think you can get a ticket to spend trillions of dollars that you don't have and expect the world to keep financing that. I, don't, I just don't quite know how that keeps working. Anyway, it doesn't make sense to me. So those are the big trends I see. And I think you're starting to see with Russia. That it's an illusion that we can control them. We have an illusion that we have a lot more power than we think we have. And it's waning. I kind of wish I could stick around here and see if I'm right. Um, 74 now. If I get really lucky, I might get 10 more years, but I'm uh, not counting on that. In 10 years, I may not see this prophecy come true, but uh, a lot of you out there, if you find this old podcast, might be seeing that the trends are going south for the U.S. in relative power in several areas. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan asking you to think about how much of the power the U.S. has is real versus just in our heads.